Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. the boys in white and blue and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time The AFTN Soccer Show broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia I'm Michael McCall I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer I'm William Silver Yes, Will is back on the show What we're going to do I think this season is we're going to have a few talking heads co-hosts coming in and out over the course of the year and the show we've got a couple of people lined up and just to get some fresh ideas some fresh opinions into to everything well you are a season ticket holder with the the white caps this season and the the new package that went out the this week as well for season ticket holders very impressive what what you and a number of season ticket holders have been calling for for a long time I, I'm I'm still waiting for mine. Um, oh, we'll, we'll 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 see if it actually comes. I might be on the uh, naughty list. I don't know. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I well the I, ones I, that I've seen from other people like Chris Ogg looked fantastic. Yes, yeah, and and to be fair, to be fair, I all kidding aside, Christian Ogg's last name does start with an A, and my last name does start with an S. Oh, so true. maybe it just is going to take a little bit longer. So uh, that's okay. But no, I, I think we had gotten to the point as uh, supporters, as fans, um, where we had gotten used to uh, uh, envelope all. <laughs> and, and, and a letter. So having a box is quite uh, exciting. And, uh, you know, I think it really shows that the club is maybe changing under Axel Schuster. And that's a really great sign to see. Yeah. It's only taken them to have another local football club. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> to, could be that the... into it as well. Well, pressure's oh. on Vancouver FC now, Zach. Well, I mean, I, I, there's I, no there's no pressure on Vancouver FC in the on the one sense. Oh, there is for me now. Yeah, I'm, multi, I'm putting all the pressure on them. Yeah, they need well, to give a free jersey away, like a lot of the other expansion teams have done. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they're doing that. I'm pretty sure they're not because they would have said that. I'm sure if, if they were already. It could be a surprise. Um, yeah, it could actually because we know the kid doesn't come out until the end of March. So, yeah. hey, um, TSS Rovers gave me a jersey the first year, and I did have to pay two hundred and fifty dollars for a hundred dollar ticket, but I still got that jersey. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for mine to come through from them. That they promised me last season one of the new black ones, but we'll, we'll maybe come at TSS in a little bit. But, but no, this... like, but seriously, but seriously, it, it, the, the Whitecaps have upped their game because yeah. there's local competition. Like that's the that's they can say anything to the contrary, but that is a factor. 
otherwise they wouldn't be going all out. I too saw the, uh, Christian's uh, picture, which yeah looked really nice. What was in there? A scarf, a hat, scarf, hat. Uh, it, is, it is a little bit sad actually that not everyone got it at the same time because like if you didn't know that was coming and you opened it the surprise yeah. is fantastic but now folk have yeah. seen it so it's kind of it spoiled that unboxing for them but yeah i mean Scar i'll still Hat, take they, it they, the only <laughs> the only bad thing in it was this, this tickets to go and watch the white caps but <laughs> I, I, Michael, just, why, I just why are you so negative about the white caps <laughs> hey i'm looking forward to the season as we will hear when we're we're doing our predictions for for the season because well yes, i I'm just going to say Zach knows this. I used to beg for season ticket holder scarves and ones that were actually mailed to me. So thank you. That's all I got to say. Uh, whether it's too little, too late, or uh, it's because of other things that are going on, at least they're trying now. So that's a nice thing. Yeah. But this is our MLS season preview show. And over the course of this episode, we'll be looking at how the Whitecaps are shaping up, heading into their season opener at home to Real Salt Lake on Saturday evening. We'll hear from head coach Vanny Sartini, sporting director Axel Schuster, ahead of the new campaign. We'll also hear a bit from new goalkeeper Yohei Takaoka, make some predictions, get some thoughts on the new Whitecaps strip, and look at some of the best and the worst of the kit designs from uh, around the league that were announced this week as well. We'll get into all of that shortly. Want to start, though, with the, the continuing story that we've talked about in the, the last couple of episodes. Just want to say rest in peace to Christian Atsu, who was oh, confirmed yeah. dead this weekend, aged yeah. just 31, the, the Ghanaian. Yeah, I mean, he, he'd returned to, to Ghana this evening, his, his body and stuff, but it's just heartbreaking stuff. His wife and children were at the Newcastle game at the weekend and they got a huge ovation and minutes applause and stuff it's just really sad stuff but at least they've got the closure now it wasn't looking good but you always had that hope but they've got mm-hmm. that closure and just yeah heartbreaking our thoughts at AFDN go out to his family his friends his loved ones his teammates just everyone that cared about him yeah, tr- totally. Just yeah, tragic and sad. Um, I saw the I saw the, I got the update from like Sam's social media, right? That's where yeah. I, I forgot the message you when I saw Michael. I was like, oh, I wonder if Michael's seen this already. But um, yeah, I've, yeah, uh, condolences to his family and to his teammates and that. I mean, this whole. I mean, it, when I saw it on Sam's feed, it was in conjunction with multiple announcements of people who have been confirmed to have passed away because of the earthquake mm-hmm. and yeah just it's like more and more these waves of oh yeah it's so over 45,000 or something now because yeah, initial yeah. reports were oh it could reach maybe 20 and it's like we've more than doubled that it's just yeah. it's heartbreaking so, seeing the scenes so there tragic. and for Sam as well like he'd spoke when he did that thing with Canada Soccer mm-hmm. Christian Atsu was one of the players that had come to his house that night after the game so mm-hmm. like just hours before it he was just in Sam's house uh yeah. Yeah. Terrible. terrible and I, I, I will echo both of your um, sentiments that, you know, my heart goes out to the family and, and to all of Turkey. And, um, but uh, I am a Newcastle supporter and, and uh, I was getting several updates all throughout the week um, with, you know, cause it kind of went back and forth a few times. So as someone who played 75 games for my club, 
it's it's very heartbreaking and and it was very touching on the weekend and you could genuinely tell how um how much it meant to his family and to the supporters yes so hard to to see those scenes but yeah r.i.p christian hatsy and as always no easy transition from that i'll bring the mood up a little bit by mentioning my last trip to the Hot Chocolate Festival. We're not doing an official Hot Chocolate Boy this week because we've got a lot to get through. But I I, I just want to... Also, the festival's finished and so no one can go there now. But I, I just want to give a, a public service announcement. Next year, when the Hot Chocolate Festival's on, if you decide that for your special Valentine's Day treat for your loved one, you're going to take her to a fancy French patisserie to get their hot chocolate at the festival... Maybe find out the price before you go in and order the the drink. That's a lovely, delicious dark hot chocolate from Faubourg in Kerisdale. Came with three small French patisserie treats as well. How much do you think the two of those drinks cost us? 50 bucks. Oh, no. Uh, $25. No. $37.80. Oh, I'd ordered, they were getting the stuff, they were handing it over, Caitlin was like paying, I'd glanced down and saw the thing that she was about to tap, and I was like, oh, have you given them a tip? And she's like, no. I was like, that's the price of them. (laughs) So so how much did you tip on top of that, Mike? Nothing. (laughs) That's the the Scottishness in me. All they did was hand me a hot chocolate, they don't need a tip for that. It was delicious, (laughs) I will say that, but it was our most expensive hot chocolate that we had for the, the whole time, but... Yeah, looking forward to next year already. That's all I can say about that. You're saving up for next year already. I am. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into the football chat now. So the 2023 Major League Soccer season is less than a week away. Anticipation is high for the new campaign here at AFTN Towers. And we're particularly buoyed by what's been a pretty damn good pre-season for the Whitecaps. They wrapped up their time in Palm Springs with a very good, very solid 2-0 win over Minnesota United. Both goals coming in the second half. The first a Julian Gressel volley and the second a Ryan Gold rocket from the edge of the box. New keeper Yohei Takaoka, more on him in part two, played his first game in a Whitecaps jersey, kept a clean sheet, didn't seem to have an awful lot to do from what we saw in the two minutes highlights that were shown, but for what we did see and what he did deal with, he seemed to, to handle it with ease and great to have that in a, his first performance in the blue and white. That win gave the Whitecaps an unbeaten three wins from their six matches down in California. Five of those games were against MLS opposition, the other against USL Championship side Las Vegas Lights. All of that, of course, going with their two narrow defeats to European competition over in Spain in January. We'll get our thoughts on how the preseason's gone, how we feel that the team is looking as they're, they're heading into the 2023 season. But before we get to that, let us hear some thoughts from the gaffer himself, Vanni Sartini, just chatting about the preseason and how ready he feels the Whitecaps are for what is going to be a very gruelling 2023. Here's the gaffer. Are you just itching to get back home? Has it been a, a long time away? 
Yes, yes, we are. I think we all are. We are happy that uh, it's the final three days. We we've been lucky here. It was fantastic. Everything we we worked a lot, but uh, yeah, now we are really craving for some uh, Vancouver rain. I would say even too. <laughs> <laughs> it's dry today. It's not too bad. <laughs> so new season fast approaching. How ready do you feel this team is for this season to come? I think it's we are we are uh, on the right path. I think we're good. Of course, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's always hard to uh, rate yourself because you don't know how ready are the other teams. But uh, I would, if if our uh, let's say imagining stick, it's how ready we were last year we're much in a better place and so i am i'm confident i'm happy i think we we have a good team so yeah so it's been a good time down palm springs uh the time of us doing this unbeaten hopefully by the time you come home still unbeaten what have you liked from what you've seen from the group down in california and what is it that you feel you're needing to maybe just tweak a little bit when you get back to vancouver what we are all trying to, what I like that everyone is really, really, really into what we want to do tactically, and uh, everyone is, uh, I would say, working very well, uh, trying to do what we're trying to achieve as a, as a team, and uh, specifically, I think the uh, defending part, the off the ball, both the pressure and the, when we have to defend low. It's been really, really good. Uh, we need to be better in uh, timing and kind of decision-making when we have the ball. Uh, some games or some part of the games were a little bit too sloppy in that, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, what we, that's what we need to do uh, better in order to be 100% ready for the game against the lake. You've had a look at a lot of the teams down there, obviously not all of your opposition, but what are you expecting from the the Western Conference this season? Obviously, there were some big teams that didn't make it to the playoffs last year. There's been a few teams that's made some real big moves in the the off-season, both on and off the pitch. How do you see the West kind of shaking out? Well, I think that uh, it's going to be hard, as usual. Uh, uh, I agree with you. I think that uh, some some teams are they didn't they didn't make the playoff last year, but uh, they went on the market even before the end of last season. I have Kansas City in mind, for example, and uh, Portland too. Uh, the thing that I that I expect is going to be really, really, really tight. Uh, the only team that, at least for the starting eleven. They lost a couple of players. Maybe they don't have an enormous depth, but as a starting eleven, I think LAFC is still the best team. And uh, but uh, I think any other position is uh, even the first, of course. But if it on the paper, I think any other position is up for grab, and and it's going to be very tight between uh, eight nine teams, and I include ourselves uh, there too. So, Vanny, if you, if you look at the strengthening of the team, I think defensively it certainly looks like it's a, a lot better than it was. Scoring goals this year, I mean, let's just say, for example, we signed a Venezuelan guy, 
to, to be the striker. Yeah. Just yeah. plucking that out of the air. For the sake, for the sake of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you see the goals this year? Do you see like your main strikers being the guys that you're going to rely on? Is it going to be scoring by committee kind of thing? How much is Ryan Gold going to be a key to all of this? Uh, you know how much uh, I love the fact that the team is the leader, the way of play is the leader, and uh, we tackled this uh, kind of issue because uh, we need to we need to be better in the in the if offensively like that we done last year uh, from a team perspective. That's the reason why we're trying to change the. Uh, uh, kind of little the, the way of playing, having a one more player joining the attack when when we attack, and uh, of course the strikers are going to have uh, more responsibility in kind of the final third. But uh, you know, uh, the more the merrier. I uh, um, I think in MLS it's really hard to to have a striker that. He goes on double double digits, so more than twenty goals. Uh, but uh, I ideally we will have a contribution from the strikers, but also contribution from the number eights. Uh, I hope that uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be better than last year. So we are working more on the sense of of a team way than from you know we have a guy that he he has the responsibility to score thirty goals. You made a couple of changes to your, well, you made one change to your, your coaching staff. Ricardo's gone to WFC2 and flows in as one of the assistants. Yeah. Obviously, you're losing a lot of experience from the league with Ricardo, but you're adding a guy that's got great playing experience, albeit not great coaching experience. Did you think at any point of adding, maybe say, a, an older, more experienced player or coach into your, your coaching team? Yeah, we thought about it. We we are always uh, thinking about what we what we need or what our need. And 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 to be honest, we thought about it a lot even when we started the season because you know uh, Flo was with us at the beginning and uh, 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 but we didn't know. Again, it was his first time on coaching, and uh, he actually surprised us on how can we re- we rely on him also in. Uh, in giving some part of the training session or some players sometimes. So uh, that's the reason why he was promoted in this role that is officially assistant coach of, this, uh, of the first team. Uh, at the same time, I am of the opinion that uh, more people doesn't actually always mean better process. So uh, I think that uh, uh we're talking really philosophically now. Eh? Uh, we are going to an hyper-specialized world. Uh, while I'm thinking that uh, people should have a wider range and know a little bit of uh, everything. So i give you an example. I'm not a, a great fan or you are the set play, set plays coach, you are the defending coach, you are attacking coach, you are the throwing coach and and whatever. But I'm more by the fact that we all work and everyone needs to know everything about the team. And uh, so we are kind of interchangeable with some area of, of focus. So, for example, when, when, it, when, when it goes to individual player, Mike has more focus on uh, 
midfielders and strikers and Flo has more focus on the defenders. But I don't think that uh, adding just people around us, it would be make, making the process better. We all know about the slow start last year, so there's no point going over old, old things again. This year, you've got two of your first three MLS games at home. How important do you feel that's maybe going to be to getting off to a quicker start? And especially with Real Esteli then coming up as the fourth game of the season. Uh, yes, it's no secret that uh, we need busy plays. We need our stadium. We need our fans because they're really... Uh, last year, even if it wasn't half and half year, uh, uh, we... We had, I think, the fifth record in the league for uh, for uh, at home. Uh, we need to keep the same pace, and uh, without our fans and without being in, in Vancouver, it's uh, it's impossible for us. It's like uh, we are, you mentioned the Champions League. I don't know if the final was in Toronto if we would have been in the Champions League, to be honest. And uh, so it's um, it it make us playing better uh, being at the stadium. So uh, we uh, we we need to exploit the fact that three out of the first four games are at home in order to try to make good results. Because establishing yourself from the beginning, it gives you also different perspective on how do you go on the road and try to make points. Well, it's a good job this year's Canadian Championship final is going to be at BC Place again as well then. Yeah, yeah. We have to win away first. So that's, we'll see. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's fine. That's taken care of. Cheers, Vanny. <laughs> Cheers. So some good thoughts from Vanny there heading into the new season. And I should note as well that that little chat with him was recorded before the Takaoka signing was announced. And at the time of recording this on Sunday evening, we are still waiting for the, the Cordova signing to be announced. But Vanny had a lot of good quips during that where he was... At one point, he had said, oh, I saw this uh, Japanese and Venezuelan guy in the hotel, and I thought, oh, maybe we could add them to the team. So he's joking about it. So he, he, everyone knows the signings are coming. Yeah. He's just been obviously slow to to get them announced. Uh, it was said that the Cordova signing is basically going to be getting announced this long weekend. So it's getting announced on Family Day, a new addition to the Whitecaps family, which would be nice. But but we'll unpack some of what Vanny said there, and obviously Zach and me have given our thoughts a lot, so we'll get some of yours well just on, on the season to come. So Vanny says that he feels that right now they're on the right path. Um, and despite seeing a lot of the teams down in California, as he rightly notes, it's hard to glean too much from pre-season. You don't really know where everyone's at. You're also not having... A full look at all the teams, and some teams are playing playing mixed squads, and one team for one half of games, one team for another half of games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's hard to disagree, though. Will that they are in a much better place than they were this time last year in terms of preseason preparation? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I one that didn't love the, oh, we got a new player. We got, uh, you know, Schaff in, in camp and stuff like that. It's like, well, we had him last year. But it is true that we have these things a little bit more settled and we have some of these pieces in place. I feel much better about uh, the goalkeeper. I feel much better about the back line. And I think that was secretly the problem, maybe not secretly to us, but but uh, but the thing that often doesn't get the attention is defense, right? Yeah. And so if you don't have a striker that's producing, um, then that tends to grab more of the headlines than a back line that is perforating goals, right? So but also at the same time, if you don't have a striker that's producing, it's putting a lot more pressure on your back line to not give up those goals. It's true. It's true. So I think we are in a better position. I, You know, I've been thinking about this because I've, I've kind of been a broken record. And I've said this, I think I said this last year about this time when I was on the show, is um, one of the things that I feel like with the MLS is that because it's a summer league, and, you know, stop me if I'm wrong here, that we're at the whim of other windows because other seasons are in full swing. And so I feel like sometimes we're always waiting till the end, you know, and maybe not as much this year, but in the past we've been waiting to see what would happen or how players sort themselves out or whether people come on loan or what have you. And it does feel like there's less of that this season than there has been. I mean, like it or not, MLS is sometimes a secondary option for some mm-hmm. players. Like, if they're in Europe, they want to stay in Europe. Now, not all. For some, MLS is their destination of choice. Yeah. Like, Ryan Gold had options to go elsewhere in Europe. He chose MLS. But for mm-hmm. some players that are in Europe just now, they want to stay in Europe. Obviously, the European transfer window then doesn't close to the end of January and yeah. then ours starts as that one closes. So there are going to be players that are like, well, let me see what I can get here first. And if I can't get anything, then we'll talk. And I think that from looking around the league, I think there's a few teams that are waiting just now to make these additions now that that they can because maybe the yeah. guys that they're looking at haven't got the deals in Europe that they're wanting. There's also clubs that might be fighting relegation and mm. they don't want to, to let a guy go now because yeah. it's key and if they let him go, they could be going down. So yeah. it's a whole different dynamic as well in other parts of the world, whereas we don't have that the pro-relegation yeah. stuff and stuff here as well. But I mean, the, the team, they've made these little tweaks. It's not been a, a lot of additions. How how are you feeling about that? So, I mean, really, if you look at the guys that's come in, we, we've added Laborda in, in the defence and Karifa mm. Yao as well that Vani speaks very, very highly of. You've got Cordova, we can basically see, we know, is coming up front. Mm. So, I mean, you've got those guys that's come in. You've got a new goalkeeper in, in Takaoka and we'll delve a lot more into him as well as we we go through the show, but th- there hasn't been like a slew of these new additions. Were you expecting more? Are you happy with, with what the, the club have done? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that they've gone out and got a keeper. Uh, I know some have commented on how short he is, that he's the second shortest keeper in the MLS. Um, I think there are some good keepers who are short, uh, they're probably still 
my height or tall. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if they're I mean, agile and they can get to the top corners, yeah. who cares? <laughs> yeah, and and it can be a lot of positioning. Um, I I'm also you know I, uh, I I'm just gonna we're, we'll talk more about it in a sec. But I'm a Newcastle United supporter, and I'm not sure if you had the opportunity or miss opportunity to watch the game on the weekend. But I I oh, haven't, but I am excited about your keeper being sent off. Yeah, that was not great. Um, well, it so, is because your fourth string keeper is Jude Smith, who yeah. Newcastle signed from East Fife. Oh, wow. So he, he might be... Uh, he's played in... in the cup run. So ah. we're hopeful he's going to get the nod for the cup final. Yeah, well, let's see. Dubravka might actually. Uh, I, I know. It. I think he's probably going to be the one that get it. We're hopeful. Like we've been talking to Jude's dad because um, yeah. we're we're still friends with him, and so we're all rooting for him. If nothing else, he's going to be on the bench, which yeah, is a tremendous that... experience for a guy that started the season in Scottish League Two. Yeah, well, that is definitely a feather in the cap. I I would say though, watching our big lanky uh, Pope like a injured gazelle go down and try to head the ball and then awkwardly hand it and then get thrown off. Um, yeah. So maybe height isn't always the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, sometimes positioning and choosing when to go out and, and, uh, and, and that kind of thing is, is more important than just being tall. Um, so we'll see. I like the additions to the back line. I kind of wanted more from a striker, but I mean, again, we've also got to understand that there's a budget and we're trying to balance everything. So realistically, we've got a better midfield than we have in years. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, if you're going to go and get a $5 million or $10 million striker, you're not going to be able to afford in internal budgets or salary caps um, and all the complicated uh buy downs and tams gams thank you ma'ams um so there there is a balancing act there and and you wish that they spend a little bit more on a dp striker but there's also a real world of having to pay all these people um so yeah i mean i i would have liked a little bit more of uh uh you know a, a more money in the bank striker but you know cordova has shown glimpses and, and he's um, got that MLS experience. He well. does so have he MLS knows the league. He knows yeah. the different environments. And I think that's a, a big boon. And for him last year to get 11 goals over the, the MLS season, including the postseason, it was his best ever season as a striker. Yeah. So this league clearly suits his style. We've got the players that can set those chances up for him. So, I mean, you have to then think that he could be on for a, a double-digit season. Is that what you feel we need? Does he need to have uh, a double-digit season? You know, for me, I I think you do. I mean, I, I often think, you know, yes, you need goals from all over the pitch. But sometimes I was I was worried when our our uh, center backs had almost as many goals as our striker. You know, that's, that, yes. that, that, that's not always a positive. It's nice to have some goals from wingers and even from defenders, but when your strikers who are paid to, you know, score and assist are not getting either of those, um, or most of them are from, from penalty kicks, then 
you know, they're not quite doing their job. And, you know, Cavallini showed brief, uh, you know, signs of excellence and definitely he has quality, but to your point, Michael, maybe he just never gelled in, in the MLS. It, it was the just league different. doesn't suit him well. It doesn't play football the way it's meant to be played. Not like Liga MX. <laughs> That's how football needs to be played. Lots of aggression. You can kick whoever you want down there. It's fine. Yeah, Stamp I didn't love her throw. anyways. Okay. She dumped me. I didn't yeah. love her anyways. It was... <laughs> I mean, down in Palm Springs, they, they scored nine. They conceded just three had three clean sheets. So seven different scorers down there. Christian Dahomey led the way on three. If you factor in the one goal that he also got in Marbella, four goals altogether over this pre-season, which is great to see. It seems that they're going for team goals. And like Vanny spoke there, that he's all about the team as opposed to individuals. Sure. And he said, yeah, you'd love to have double-digit strikers, but... The high double-digit strikers, they're an elite group. You've yes. got your Dreyuses, you've got Velas, you've got these guys that that are going to perform at that. I think Vanny right now would bite your hand off for a 10-15 to 15 goal season from Cordova, and I think I certainly would as well, to be honest. But he's yeah. also expecting more contributions from the eights this year. He's wanting them to get assists, more goals themselves. He, the plan is he, he needs, and he, this was the plan last year, which didn't work, but it feels a lot better and it, that it's working so far from what we've seen in pre-season, that they want to get an extra player into the attack, overload that attack, get that extra man up there and really get the eights involved. So I think we're going we're gonna to see a lot from Vite this year if Gressel plays the eight role that he's talked about, get gold in there as well. These are the key guys to the success whether they're scoring themselves or they're putting it on a plate for Cordova, I, I'm quite positive that we can get this attack going. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of that. And and I'm not against, you know, like you said, the eight or or uh, the wingers or the midfielders scoring goals. But I, I, I do still think that the strikers should be scoring at least eight to 12 goals. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, 12 is on the high end. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think... That that's sort of what we should be expecting. Looking at that, then, no goals for Brian White in preseason. Mm. How concerning mm-hmm. is that? I think it is a little bit concerning. I mean, I, there often is, uh, if you go back all the way to Octavio Rivero, uh, a bit of a bounce when people come into a new situation or uh, are playing in a new way or. Um, you know, in the case of MLS, maybe playing teams that they don't usually play as often, um, where maybe you get a bit of a bounce. Also, the year that um, wasn't that the one of the uh, COVID shortened seasons that we don't talk about when he really had his his uh, good good start at in um, the Caps and playing with Gold and Gold was kind of new on the team. Um, so I think. Yeah, you would definitely hope that he would be able to adapt a little bit more to what some other teams are doing now that they maybe have seen a bit of his game. I feel he's going to be the second choice striker Mm -hmm. after Cordova, but because we're playing in so many competitions, he's certainly going to get his chances, but he has to start scoring. He has to get that. He knows that himself. And I think he is a player that... The, the confidence, like most strikers, if you're buying the goals and the confidence is there and he looks a different player, 
So maybe mm-hmm. he's just needing to get that breakthrough. So, I mean, that's all looking positive. As you've said, the midfield's looking better than it has in many a, a season. And defensively, like you, I like the additions that they've done. I think they're looking good back there. Three clean sheets down yeah. uh, in Palm Springs. Vanny's liked the the tracking back that he's seen to help mm-hmm. out the back four. He feels that everyone's on the same page and they're doing what they need to do as a team. Do you like the fact that it looks like they have switched to the back four now? Yeah, I mean, I I think I heard enough times uh, you guys talking about uh, the man the man marking versus zone marking, and part of that also comes with having four at the back and mm-hmm. um, not having to worry about people, you know, covering different positions and things like that. Of course, it helps having uh, Kubis uh, back there um, and. I think that definitely helps, but I, I I feel better about a back four myself. Um, I'm not a big fan of the back three. I feel like that was all the rage maybe about four or five years ago, and those days are kind of past. Um, I think also you need very particular players to play that position um, or that system, and that takes time. Um, yeah. And I know Vanny tried to push through last year, but it just wasn't clicking. I mean, when you think we'll be finished and we we had some disasters defensively last year, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, not too bad. So, I mean, the key things taken forward into this week, they're back in Vancouver, they're back on the training pitch on Tuesday. There's, he still wants them to work on their timing and decision-making when on the ball, but that's going to come. It's still early days and you still haven't got what you would see as the best starting eleven together. And we've talked in the show, we've joked in the show as well, that there's like 16 to 20, 22 players that Vanny considers as, as starters. But it, if we're looking just going into this RSL game, the home opener, the season opener, what formation, first of all, would you be expecting to, to see this team going with? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think it, it's probably going to be, I mean... A four three two one like a Christmas tree yeah. uh, uh, is probably where we're looking at, especially if if we have Cordova and we really want to get Gold and Vite into the mix. I think that's that's probably the most likely. Uh, I I feel better about that than the way we started last year. So, what's your ideal starting eleven then for this game on Saturday? Now, Cordova. Mm-hmm. He's been training with the team down in Palm Springs, but he obviously has not played any games. And I, I would say, because some stuff you haven't heard all the, the chats that we've had this week, it does kind of sound like he wouldn't be good to go for RSL, mm-hmm. uh, at least as a starter, and you mm-hmm. could see him coming off the bench. So I'll give you that as a precursor. I don't think Cordova will start this game against RSL. Now, he might. Yeah. So what what would be your, your 11? So let, let's start in goals. And as I said, we'll talk about our new keeper in the next part. But do you throw Takaoka in right away? Yeah, go for it. I, 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 I say that run season. out that he got on Saturday was yeah. just to, to like wet his head. And it's like, yeah, you're yeah. good to go now. Yeah, no, I, I totally think throw him in there. Um, and then think in the back line, we'd be looking at uh, Ranko. Uh, Laborada, uh, Blackman, and uh, Martins. 
that's probably the four I think I would be going with as well. I think we're going to be in full agreement here because I also yeah. think four, three, two, one. So, I mean, the middle of our three, we're obviously looking at Kubis. Yes. Who have you and got then, either side of him? I think Gressel on yeah. on the right and Schoff on the on the left. I'm torn between Schoff and Raposo. Mm. That's the thing. But, I mean, if you're picking your strongest one, Schoff would probably be the guy yeah. that I think you would want to see in there. We just haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, to, to I really know, like... but... I always like Raposo off the bench, to be quite honest yeah. with you. It, it's a lot of speed in the second half. And I think if you have someone maybe um, who's gassing in the midfield, that's a really good way of of adding a little bit more punch in the second half. Um, maybe a, a, a Robo 60-minute uh, sub, um, you know, somewhere in there. Or, uh, sorry, MDS 60-minute sub uh, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, I, I, I say Schaff, but I, I, I hear what you're saying on Raposo. He's had really great mm. stretches, but, um, but yeah, I do like I, him off the bench as well. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the two, one, I think we're probably going to be in agreement here as well. It's gold Vite, and by default white, I guess, leading the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you got to go with white. I mean, you could do some funny stuff if you really wanted to, um, you know, mix it up, but I think that's probably the most realistic i know that there was um i mean they were playing people around and had dahome uh start up front on one game but i think oh, that's probably you know actually I, i'm gonna take that back i i can't believe i've forgotten yeah no dahome was who i had penciled in it wasn't white yeah it was dahome i've got to I, start and, yeah and i mean white's sort of that's more of his natural position but they were trying dahome out yeah. there didn't he score three goals and yeah in... three in palm springs one in marbella so no it was dahome oh, i've written this down but no dahome is the person that i had up front so I, yeah. I, I got that from you michael yeah <laughs> so that's our thoughts for the start in 11 for the RSL game. The other thing as well is obviously RSL know very well about Cordova, so that might be a game that you don't want to throw him in because they know his weaknesses apart from yeah. anything else. But let us know if you agree with that starting 11. And yeah, in Twitter, EFT in Canada, let us know your thoughts on that as well. And we're not very long to, to wait as well to find out what that first starting 11 of the season will be. I think we all expect that Yohei Takaoka is going to be the man between the sticks. He was officially announced on Friday. We're going to hear from him and the thoughts of Axel Schuster as to why they've made him a white cap after this. Hi, my name is Kerry Fayao from the Vancouver Whitecaps and you're listening AFTN.
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, I've gone back to something which we were doing a little while back. I was really enjoying doing it and then stopped doing it for a bit, but always planned it to bring it back at some point. And that was Three of a Kind, where we start off parts two, three and four with songs that are somehow linked. And your task, as you listen to the show, is to try and work out what the link is, and if you can try and guess what songs we might come up to, to fit that link, all the very better. So we're kicking things off in this part with a song from 1969 by Sid Barrett, former founder member of Pink Floyd, That is his first solo single after he he left the band, well, after he was kicked out of the band, went to number 11 in the UK charts, appeared on his debut album the following year, The Madcap Laughs, and the song was originally going to get called The Madcap Laughs, but in the end they settled for the name Octopus. A great song, a big, big fan of Sid Barrett's songs. I'm surprised we've never made him... Artist of the Month, actually, before some great stuff from him. What could the links to the songs be that we're going to be playing, though, to kick off parts two, three, and four? I think you'll work out the links pretty quickly when you you hear the one that's kicking off part three, but then see if you can work out the song that's going to kick off part four. But that was Octopus there. And you don't really hear about octopuses in football anymore, since, sadly... Paul the Octopus passed away. Paul, of course, rose to prominence for his football predictions during the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Sadly, passed away a few months later, aged just two, on the 26th of October 2010. Sad times. I I did actually watch a documentary this week that that mentioned that octopuses' kind of lifespan is a year, so I guess he did get double that, but... He'll always be remembered for those football predicting skills. I think that really is kind of the only octopus that can link with football. But imagine if an octopus was a goalkeeper. You'd have arms, legs everywhere, stopping all the shots coming at them. I'm sure that's something that Vanny Sartini would love to have in the Whitecaps. For now, though, He's got to make do with the new goalkeeper that he's got because finally the Whitecaps announced the signing of Japanese goalkeeper Yohei Takaoka. He was announced on Friday. The 26-year-old, he will be 27 next month, signed from J1 league side Yokohama Marinos. Takaoka has agreed to a contract with the Whitecaps through 2024. There's a club option for 2025. Signed via the use of targeted allocation money. He'll occupy uh, an international roster spot, obviously. And hopefully they can get him into action real soon. Pending receipt, of course, of his international transfer certificate and work permit. Takaoka 
won the 2022 J1 League Championship with Yokohama. He was named to the league's best 11 side. In all competitions at professional club level, he's made 183 appearances, kept 59 clean sheets. Seems to be a fantastic addition. We've, we've chatted a little bit about him on the show before. We got a chance to chat with him on a, a media call on Friday afternoon after the announcement. So I'll bring you that now. Some questions from myself, JJ Adams and Gemma from Canadian Press. Here's the Whitecaps' new Man Between the Sticks, Yohei Takaoka. So, Yohei, welcome to, to Vancouver, even though you are not here yet. What was it about coming to Major League Soccer that made you feel that this was the right next step for your career? Uh, I think it's going to be a good challenge for me. So this is the first time to play uh, out of Japan. So um, I feel last year I I want to uh, improve uh, as a goalkeeper, as a person. And uh, I need a new challenge. And, uh, that's why uh, I'm here. The, the Vancouver gave me a, a good offer with with passion. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm here. Yeah. How much have you seen of the league? How familiar are you with the kind of stadiums and atmospheres that you're now going to experience? Uh, yeah, I. I saw uh, a lot of matches uh, in the MLS, and the atmosphere uh, was good, and uh, the the crowd and uh, the players is amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm so excited to play uh, MLS. Yeah. How has your introduction to the team been, and uh, have you had a chance to get any training sessions in? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I joined training a few days ago, and uh, yeah, training is it's good for me, and a lot of a lot of things to learn from the the Bani and the, the Yosef, and they give me a lot, and yeah, that makes me get better as a as a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Has Vanny tried his Japanese on you yet? Uh, yeah, Vani speaks uh, Japanese well, and yeah, he's good. He's good Japanese. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and and what are your thoughts? You, you said this is your your first time out of the J League, coming to MLS, a totally different league. Uh, is there any pressure for you with with that move? Yeah, I feel a little bit of pressure, but. Uh, I have the responsibility to. I think I'm the first go, first Japanese goalkeeper um, came here in MLS. Uh, I have to show uh, how Japanese goalkeeper good, and uh, yeah, I want to make the wave to to other Japanese goalkeeper, and uh, yeah, I want to show my value in MLS. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk about uh, any differences you think you'll face in the MLS versus uh, J1. 
Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I think the, the difference is uh, J League is more possession. Um, the the key possession is is the most important things, and, but uh, MLS is more directly to go to go to attack. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, this is a uh, most uh, different things. Yeah. How do you adapt your game to that change in pace? I I need adapt uh, new uh, style as soon as possible, a little by little, like uh, day by day. Uh, I feel, uh, I mean, I can adjust, adjust. Yeah, you know, uh, it's gonna be uh, okay, and I want to, uh, I want to show my. Uh, the skill, ability as a goalkeeper, yeah. How much do you know about Vancouver uh, as a city? It's There's a big Japanese population here. There's a lot of Japanese restaurants. There's a lot of sushi places in Vancouver. Have you kind of been doing your homework? Have you spoken to, to anybody that is over here that you might know? Uh, I have never been to uh, Canada and Vancouver, so... Um, yeah, but I I got information from um, from all the people, and uh, there are a lot of uh, Japanese restaurant and uh, Japanese community as well. Uh, yeah, uh, that's gonna be good for me. And the, the city, the Vancouver city, is is amazing. Everyone said me. Yeah, I I'm so excited to to live there. Takeoka, excited to be here in Major League Soccer, excited to be signing for the Whitecaps. As we talked about before, he's making this move for the next stage of his career because he wants to try and break into the Japanese national team. Feels a a move to a high-profile league like Major League Soccer, moving away from Japan for the first time is maybe going to give him that opportunity. Of course, a, a big question everyone now has is, what does this mean for the goalkeeping situation at the Whitecaps for 2023 and maybe beyond? Well, Axel Schuster spoke to media on Friday as well. We'll hear a bit more from Axel in the next part. I'm going to play the, the part just now where he's talking about the signing of Takaoka. JJ Adams asking the questions. Here's what Axel had to say about his new stopper. I wanted to ask you about uh, your goalkeepers. Uh, you guys wanted to go out and get an experienced goalkeeper uh, to add to the mix. You had one last year in Cody Cropper, but he's no longer with the team. What is it about the, the current goalkeepers that you had in, in Thomas and Isaac that you wanted to upgrade on? Yeah, experience uh, is not only meant as age. 
So you can be you can be a 34 year old goalkeeper and you have not a lot of experience in the game. You have not played a lot of games on the highest competitive level. I think um, what I also said, and that's far more important, we want to get a more security um, regarding consistency on that goalkeeper position. Um, I think all our young Canadian goalkeepers, and we have played a lot, we have even played Max Anker for one game. Um, um, so all of them have shown flashes of their quality. They have shown um, that they are uh, on the right way to become uh, good MLS goalkeepers or to become, I would say, the clear number one in, in an MLS team. But we had not consistency in their performance. And that is a normal thing for, for a young goalkeeper and an unexperienced goalkeeper, somebody who hasn't played that many games. Also, uh, over the last years, even our young goalkeepers could play a lot of games in, in, in academy or youth competitions because they were paused for, for two years. So we wanted to go for somebody who has played consistently on the highest level, who has competed for championships, who has won something. Um, all of that is coming with Yohei. Um, and um, that at the same time, somebody who can help the, the other guys that we have in the group to, to, to learn from him and to, to grow. And we hope to play a lot of games this season. And um, that also gives the chance to give some games to, to the, the, the Canadian young uh, goalkeeper that is the most ready. Um, but we will go into the season, obviously, with a new number one and somebody where we expect um, that he will be more consistent in, in, in his top performance. So Yohei is the presumed number one then? Yes. Okay. What was it uh, about him? Uh, Vanny said yesterday he was top of uh, his list of players he'd like to come in. How did he get on your guys' radar? And what was it about him that you liked? Because he's not exactly a traditional goalkeeper frame. Uh, in the world of North American soccer? As I said, uh, first of all, he, he was ele uh, elected as the best goalkeeper in the J-League last year. And the J-League is, uh, is also a, a league that uh, has a high competitive level and is uh, has good quality. So that actually uh, makes him very attractive or brought him onto our radar. So at the same time, we we learned about him that he played for a team that competed for a championship that all, so a player that also comes with with a different set of mind a different mindset that we also want to get into this group that we want to win something that we that we have uh, players on the pitch that have this confidence and also this this character to say we we want to win something this year said that. Uh, on top of that, obviously, we have scouted him, and and he has a lot of uh, very very good skills. Uh, he's pro he's probably on the ball one of the best goalkeepers uh, I I have seen in a long time. Um, so he will help us also in possession and build up because he is a he he is a player that can be used uh, almost like a, a field player. Um, he's he's very quick in his movements. He's he's very at uh, very can jump very high. Um, he reads the game well, and and he has also, um, I would say, a good uh, leadership character. Somebody who who has a personality, who is confident in what he's doing. So all of that is what we were looking for, and um, that's the reason um, why we at the end decided to go for him.
So Axel, confirming that Takaoka is going to be the number one, Will, said that all of the young Canadians have shown flashes of quality, but not the consistency needed in their performances to say that they're a number one keeper in MLS. Takaoka will come in as someone who's won trophies, has experience and can share his knowledge to bring the young ones through. Are you surprised in any way that Axel just come out and said, here now, Takaoka's the number one? No, I think that's what they they got him for. Um, I think we all I expected he that, would be. But... Yeah, we all expected. I, I think there was a little bit of question out there. Um, I know I saw in the Twitterverse, Glass City and some other people, I think I saw on Facebook on some of the groups that I'm on, um, people questioning why the, he said Canadians and not Hassel specifically. Um, if you want to read something more into that, meaning Hassel doesn't necessarily have the second job, maybe it's Bomer. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I have to say, I think I that could just that. be. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, that, I read that. There's no guarantees. No, I mean, he basically said, he, like, he did not come out and say Thomas Asal is the number two. He said, yeah. with so many games, it'll give the chance to the Canadian keeper who is the most ready. Now, yeah. I, I, like, Max Anker is pretty much going to get his time with WFC2 this year. That's where he's going to get his mm-hmm. minutes. So mm-hmm. it's a battle just now between Hassel and Bomer for the number two spot. But the fact that he didn't come out and say Hassel, the fact that Bomer's played a lot of these preseason games, I mm. feel that they're they're going more to towards Bomer. Mm. That's just how well, it came I across mean, to me. Well, the other thing you could say too is that um, you know, again, like White, Hassel's best season was in the uh the dark COVID era. So, so it's it's hard to really judge some of those games and some of that season so yeah i mean he's I had mean, injuries as well uh which have kept him out obviously and then even yeah. this pre-season he's he's had a knock that kept him out for a couple of the games yeah but i, I mean i i agree with axel like the consistency from all the keepers hasn't been there but in part that is yeah. because a lot of them haven't been able to get a decent run in the team because of all the injuries and the comings and goings and stuff so yeah. it's hard to get that and maybe some games in WFC2 for these guys is going to help them out. But there's a lot of competitions as well. And you would think Takaoka with his experience is going to be the the Champions League keeper as well, which might yeah. free up the odd MLS game around the Champions League games where you're going to see a Hassan or a Bomer coming in. But when they, they, they let Bomer go at one point at the end of his deal and then they brought him back in. And I, when he when they let him go, I was like, no, I I'm fine with that. From what I've seen from him, I, I don't know that he's an MLS quality. But then since mm-hmm. that seemed to just not so much give him the kick up the ass, but it just seemed to light a fire in him. And since then, mm-hmm. the improvement I've seen from Isaac, month upon month, and the performances that he's put in with WFC two stuff I've seen from him at training, I I could see that he has maybe overtaken Thomas Hassau a little bit. And it's not necessarily all Thomas's fault because you've got the fact that he wasn't playing and you're coming back from a concussion. Mm. And does that play in your mind a little bit and stuff as well? But yeah. Well, the other thing is that competition is good, especially with keepers. We've seen that in the past. 
the white caps is that sometimes giving someone something to strive for um you know it's certainly probably not what uh thomas hassal wants to hear uh but it might be what's best for the club so takaoka becomes the fourth japanese player in the white caps mls era the first japanese goalkeeper of course so there's been three other japanese players who can name them kudo kobayashi and I can't remember the third. Uh, Kudo Kobayashi. Zach can light a light there. Uh, wait, does June Demarcus Davison count? He does. That's the yeah, third okay. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, well, cause, obviously, cause Masata June, Kudo RIP, but... Yeah, because June was dual, yeah. dual American-Japanese, right? Yeah, so yeah. He, he's counting as that. So that that is the four. And, I mean... I've seen the impact that the Japanese players have had in Celtic since coming into them. They have just lit up the Scottish Premiership. And, I mean, Takaoka, if he does well, he's obviously... Like, Kudo got a lot of attention over here from the Japanese press. So it's going to raise the awareness of the club mm-hmm. over there. And, I mean, who knows? We saw some exciting players in the World Cup from Japan. If it means some more come over this way instead of heading to Glasgow, I'll gladly take them. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, the, uh, the Japanese obviously had a massive impact, uh, or having or having a massive impact in the Bundesliga, which was then was then displayed, uh, you know, at the World Cup, in particularly against Germany and then also against Spain. Um, it feels like a that, golden age actually for for Japanese players right now. Mm. It does feel like a pretty a pretty good spell. I mean, obviously he's a keeper, so it's a little bit different, but still, um, he has an opportunity to make his mark and, like you said, further impression of the the Japanese player in Japanese league uh, in in North America. Yeah, so he hasn't played for the national team though, right? No, but he is hoping that this move will open doors for that. And hey, if he can help guide the Whitecaps into the the playoffs, have some clean sheets, who knows what's going to happen? But wish him well. Mm-hmm. Kept his first clean sheet in Whitecap colours, as I mentioned earlier, in that two 0 win over Minnesota. So that's a good start from him. It's just going to be a case of building up that communication with his with his backline, but. So far, so good. So mm-hmm. we're going to continue the Whitecaps chat as we hear a little bit from Sporting Director and General Manager Axel Schuster next. And we'll be back with that after this. Hey, I'm Julian Gressel and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's the second 
of our three of a kind songs tonight, we kicked off part two with Sid Barrett's song Octopus. Kicking off part three, it's the cover of a Sid Barrett song by Aberdeen band The Shaman before they went all dancey. The Shaman, of course, from their kind of Ebenezer Scrooge boss drum album that they brought out when they embraced the kind of techno sound. Before that, they were a guitar band, and I really, really love their early stuff. Their first couple of albums are absolutely tremendous. That is a song, though, taken from a 1987 compilation album called Beyond the Wildwood. It's a tribute to Sid Barrett, who wrote all the songs on the album. And that's the shaman's version of his song, Long Gone. Another song that also appeared on his debut Madcap Laughs album. And to tell you, someone that'll be having a lot of Madcap Laughs with the Whitecaps perform the, to the best of their ability and carry the pre-season form into the regular season. That's going to be Whitecaps sporting director and general manager Axel Schuster. As I mentioned in the last part, Axel had a chat with media on Friday afternoon just to look ahead to the season to come some of what the club's been up to and ask them a few other things as well. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, sit back and enjoy our chat with Axel S. So we're we're a week out to the, the start of the new season. How ready do you feel this squad is for the season to come? Because... You look at some of the other teams around the West, especially some of those that didn't make the playoffs last season, and they've gone out, they've made some big acquisitions. You know that they want to get back into the playoff positions. How do you see the Whitecaps as being ready for this season? I think we are very well prepared. We are very ready to start into the season. Um, we are following here all all games and watching all the other MLS teams. Um, sometimes hard to to really compare the performances because teams are playing different lineups, teams starting with the second lineup, other teams are playing more the first lineup. But overall, I would say um, we are competitive, we are ready, we are not different than the other teams. And it is uh, how MLS is, that it is a very balanced uh, league where I think every team goes into the season and wants to finish in the playoff spot. So we have to fight for that. But we're also pretty confident that we can continue where we have ended last season. And everyone knows that for the last 26 games, we have been the second best team in the Western Conference. We had a, we have been on a very good run at the end of the season when we had all the players to, uh, together and ready that we have signed last year. So we want to continue at that point. We want to continue with that performance and we want to be even better with the new signings. So I'm I'm pretty confident that we're very ready and we are much better prepared than we have been last year. You haven't been the the busiest club this off-season. There's been a, a couple of, of key additions. Are you expecting to add more? Is there any other additions you're expecting before the window does close in a few months? I would say you never know, but uh, we wanted to get our work done before the season starts. I'm pretty confident that we get our work completely done before the season starts, and then it would only... Um, other changes will only come if if also a player leaves us. Um, I think that our group is pretty strong. I think that we have been busy 
maybe not one of the most busiest teams, but we have also done some signings late in, in last season and we have added some players in mid-season last year that uh, also um, had on and that also um, will only be fully ready now. Like, for example, Alessandro Schöpf, who, who came in last year late and was not uh, on the highest competitive level at that time because he had no training before. So overall, I think uh, we have been very busy for the last 12 months. And with that, I think we are now in a place where we feel very comfortable with the group that we have here. And we would only change something on the signing side or we would change something in our approach if somebody would leave. But there's no one who has requested to leave right now. What are you expecting from the West this season? Because obviously it was very competitive last season. It looks like it could be even more competitive, really going down to the wire. Obviously, we don't know what the playoff situation is looking like quite yet. But it does feel like it's going to be a battle. And even some of the teams that were really down the bottom last year look like they're in the mix this year. Yeah. Um, at the end, uh, this is the nature of the Western Conference. I, uh, I, we have really uh, put the focus on on a lot of on on following a lot of teams. I have watched here a lot of teams. I would say it's a very balanced group. Uh, teams that have not made the playoffs are looking better than they have looked last year. Teams that have made the playoffs last year are still looking pretty strong. I've seen LAFC and I have to say, I saw their game against Toronto and I would say they are ahead of the, the rest of the, the group. But other than that, I would say everyone is probably fighting somehow uh, with the same weapons and uh, with the same um, uh, competitive level. And, and then it's really about being better prepared, uh, working better as a group, it's something that we anyway want to do. We want to be as a group stronger than, than 11 individual players. And we have focused on that for that reason. We also wanted to have our players in and with the group early, early to work on that because we want to be as a collective, uh, a team that nobody likes to play. And that's really hard to, to, to beat. And that's what I expect also from our group. The Apple TV deal, we know it's a, a good long-term deal for the league and I've had a look around the app and it, it's some great stuff on there. We talked about this when it was first announced, but how how do you grow this club? How do you get the bums on, on seats for for your home games? Because a number of people won't be able to, to see the games. 14 games are going to be on TSN. So that's like 41% of your season. Six of those are home games. You've got the great deal with TELUS, but on TELUS TV, fans aren't going to be able to see a lot of this team. How do you generate the excitement for this team? How do you sell tickets? How do you fill the stands? The easiest way is to, to be successful and to win games um, and to do great stuff on the pitch and as a club also off the pitch. Um, um, at the end... Um, you have to bring a product onto the pitch that is, it's uh, it's so good that that nobody wants to miss it, that everyone wants to be a part of it and wants to be in the stadium. I think that's how it works everywhere in the world. Um, obviously, we also want to continue to do great stuff off the pitch, and and we want to champion the good. We want to have an impact in our communities, in our city, in our province. And for that, actually, Telos is a great partner because uh, they they are aligned on all those uh, aims that we have on that side. We want to continue to support uh, groups that that uh, that have challenges um, and and having our theme nights 
to make people aware about um, things that are going on and 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 connect with additional and new groups communities but again the first and foremost most thing is uh, most important thing is to to get get out of the gates in a good way and and to create also some hope and belief in our supportership that we will compete for something this year and we have seen last year uh, when we played the Canadian Championship final, for example, or when we went onto the last few games and people started to believe again that we can go into the playoffs, the people show up in the stadium. So the biggest driver will be success and belief. Do you think it will actually help with ticket sales if these home games aren't going to be on TV? Yeah. First of all, they are still somewhere, so you can still see them and... Um, I know it is a change for a lot of people, and I uh, we 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 are here to support people if they need help to understand how they can follow our games and how they can see our games. Change is always coming with some challenges, but on the other side, um, the league has also done this change to to grow as a league, to 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 get more attraction, to to be in a better position, and and to be in a to to get to a point where we can compete with better competitions in the world and. Other leagues have done it before us, and it's it's also a normal process. So I think that it will help not only because you cannot see it on TV, because also this partner is is very well known to to marketing a product and to present the product to and to help the league also on that side. And um, at the end, the most important thing we have to create more vibe around our games. We have to to use also this this four years now to the World Cup with with this with this um, big attraction or this big big thing that everyone is looking at in North America on this World Cup that is coming. We have to use this momentum to 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 increase the the followership, the, to increase that interest into the league, and uh, then automatically numbers will go up. Asked Fanny this last week, and I, I know you can't talk publicly about what the new MLS playoff format's going to be, but I asked Vanny for his thoughts on this. I'll get yours as well. In an ideal world, if you were setting the playoff structure for MLS, what would you like it to be? Look, there are so many very smart people thinking about that, uh, that I think that they will get to a perfect solution. Also, they, the league has experimented with player formats in the past. I haven't been here, so I don't have that experience. I know that a lot of people that are working on it had this experience, so they know already what has looked good or not. The one thing I would really hope for is, uh, is that every club in, in has, a, has a home game somehow, because... Uh, I think that would be a great thing for the league if um, if the the, the the number of clubs uh, that have a home game will be doubled by by giving everyone a home game, so with a home and away game, um, because that gives a more buzz and more attraction into the markets of the teams that are on the playoffs. So if you play a playoff one one out playoff game on the road. It doesn't mean a lot for the people in your market. It still means something, but it is different if you have a home game. If you have the one game and people can come to the stadium and support their team and you have the, the messaging around a home game. So that would be the one thing I really would hope for. Everything else, I really better focus on my work and let others do, do their, this work that I know more, about, know more and better about it.
So Axel, like Vanny there, feeling that the team is very well prepared, very ready for the new season to come. I feel I have to agree with him. So a couple of other little things that we, we talked about with Axel there. One of them, I want to gauge your guys' opinions on this. Because I had a interesting discussion with someone. And I ran this past the guys on my East Five podcast today as well to get their thoughts as well. So I mentioned to Axel there about, is he concerned about getting bums on seats, filling the stadium when the, the games aren't on TSN? So is it going to be a hard sell for the team? Or, as Axel says, will success take care of itself? And if they're getting the results with the fans turn up. It was announced this week of TSN schedules, they're showing basically one game a week. 14 of the Whitecaps' 34 games will be on TSN for people to watch. Six of them are home games. The first two that they're showing were free anyway on the Apple TV app. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, season ticket holder, you're getting the, the MLS app. I've, I've got it as well. Zach, I know you're not getting it because you're... You'll watch the the highlights and stuff and you'll watch as much as you can and we'll still see if I can sort out something for you. But do you feel it's going to hit the attendance by people not seeing the product, hate that word, but have to use it on a Mm -hmm. weekly basis? I think overall, long term, I think it is. Um, I... You know, I, I one of the things that I think has hurt the Premier League, the Canadian Premier League, is that um, it was a subscription service. And um, while I know that subscription services are taking off and um, old school cable is going down in popularity, uh, there still are a lot of people watching uh, local uh, broadcasting. And I think also then... Um, you know, Apple Apple TV Plus, um, we're also talking about an add-on to the regular service. So even if you have Apple TV Plus, you you have to get this extra service on top of it or this extra subscription. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's basically not it's a great eight idea. hot chocolates at Faubourg Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> I have to choose. But, I mean... <laughs> But it's not necessarily the White Caps decision, right? So no. it's it's a league wide decision. So um, I think you know this might be for the betterment long term of the league, the but I think good. there's definitely for the greater good. But um, I think for the White Caps, it could be a middle to long term problem unless things really shift towards um, Apple TV and and subscription services. Yeah, I mean that's a valid point, and I think it it can can create uh, more of an uphill battle than they faced in the past. However, to be fair to the Whitecaps and to reflect on, in particular, the year twenty twenty two, they did. Um, there's a lot of good things that they did when it came to uh, getting people into the stadium, and this is just one example. And I know it's a special one, but. Uh, we applauded them at the time. I'll, I'll applaud them again now. If they can continue to work like they did for the Voyagers Cup finale, mm-hmm. where they and, and I know they did special things and giveaways and uh, you know special <laughs> options or you know if your name is this you can get a ticket for that or whatever. But they worked so hard at that to make that mm-hmm. successful to get people in the ground. 
And mm -hmm. if they can translate that kind of form over a larger part of the season, I think they can overcome the potential deficit that not being on TV every week might create for them. So yes, I mean, it's a, it's a wait and see, but I think it's, it's within their realm of capability to overcome <laughs> to overcome this hole that they they could be put in by this new you know the new streaming thing so the the ball's kind of in their court they have mm -hmm. a new challenge they've shown in the past that they they can rise to that and so I, I hope that they I hope for their sake that they can I was gonna say uh, like for this coming game on against RSL the season opener one of the youth groups that's attending one of the local youth clubs mm -hmm. they've sold seventeen hundred tickets for it which is wow. incredible well again. I think they're pushing that hard because again, competition makes you work harder, right? And mm -hmm. you, we we know that. Vancouver yeah, maybe this is what they've needed this whole oh, time. Exactly. Well, when you're, I mean, there's another analogy that I won't use this time. I'll save it for a different conversation. But yeah, when you're the when you have a monopoly, essentially, you it sometimes can breed laziness or or it can make you stagnate as a as an organization or your creativity or whatever. And I, on some levels. They have suffered from that. And I think, uh, we, I mean, I know, uh, Will, I remember you were, I think, a part of this conversation listening to Axel Schuster, you know, talking with some with some supporters, talking about how uh, he won't stand for that. And there were things that mm -hmm. when he came in that were not at the level they needed to be, and mm -hmm. he was going to do everything he could to push them on. And I think we saw some of that last year. I think mm -hmm. you're going to see some more of that now because it's not, you, you, can't, you can't work for the Whitecaps in their front office and to be status quo. You have mm -hmm. to work harder. You have to be more creative. You have to find ways to get people in the ground, to get people engaged, to buy season tickets, to buy match packs and all that kind of stuff. And so far, I think I think they're showing that they can't that they're up for the the challenge. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, th I I I the example that often sticks in my mind and I know it's a different sport and it's a different situation and the White Caps would never get this kind of publicity, but it's the Toronto Blue Jays owned by Rogers Year after year, Rogers pumped that broadcasting like all the time it was on TV. Uh, you know, the game in 30 minutes. So they'd have the recaps, they reshow the games. It was just on and on and on. And I heard from people that it was just, well, it was always on. I would I would turn on the TV and the game would be on. And oh, I can watch a game in 30 minutes. I'll do that. Um, so I think. There's some of that, this is sort of like osmosis that just kind of, and then slowly you get into it and they're always talking about it on the broadcast and there's always special additional programming that's on as well. And they do that with the Canucks also Sportsnet. So yeah. I think some of that, I, I know you need a bit of the audience, but also Sportsnet will just pump that stuff because they put so much into the, to the, um, the Blue Jays or to the uh, hockey deal um, so I think some of that does create this, you know, now the Blue Jays are talked about Canada's team. Well, they're not my team. I'm from Vancouver. The closest team here is the Mariners. So, I mean. Yeah, and that's why I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. There you go. Excellent, Michael. Excellent. Will, you don't like a team from Seattle, do you? Well, it's, uh, they uh, play uh, a different uh, sport. Uh, oh. Will. Oh, uh, but, but before we kick you off. What's your NFL team? <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, actually. There we go. That's yeah. fine. He's staying on the show. It's all right. I was a bit worried there. That was setting up to the... I said I'd had a bit of a discussion with someone this week 
over the fact and the question, can you say that with this Apple deal, that MLS games are still on television? Hmm. Because I say no, apart from the, the ones that's been shown on TSN. And the, the argument that was put to me was that's the old-fashioned way of looking at it because the vast majority of people have smart TVs, so you've got mm. your streaming apps on TV. So instead of paying for cable, you're paying for a streaming app, so you're still watching it on your television. I, I'll just quickly say, I think this is something that you can slice either way. So you mm -hmm. can argue it is, or you can argue it isn't. And to me, it's not that that big of a, a deal. Like I said before, I think you have to work harder to bring new people in, and that's mm -hmm. the challenge. And and we'll see how that goes. Because I, I, I basically said, because the games aren't on TV anymore, and that, that was kind of where it, it all came from. I, I, I think I can guess who you had this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I'll, I'll say about all of this is, the meaning of that doesn't mean what it used to. Yeah. When TV yeah. was broadcast, when Telus or Rogers or uh, Shaw were all showing basically the same channels, and so it was. It didn't matter which one you owned. Whereas now it's split twelve different ways, and we're actually seeing that we're probably you know this is just my prediction. I'm on a tech show. I I, I so I play this on. TV. Um, uh, I'm on a streaming show as well called Momentous. And we talk about this where I think some of this is going to have to concentrate, right? Like uh, we're already seeing some of uh, Netflix, mm. uh, you know, subscribers go down and some of the ways that they're judging um, revenues aren't as successful as that they'd hoped. I mean, and this is part of the problem is ex ever expanding it's difficult. And part of this Apple deal is trying to find more eyeballs to get onto their service. Right. So and they've um, certainly done, done that. I mean, yeah, it, I, I think it, Apple do do a great job and I have mm -hmm. looked at the app. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to look at it yet. Well, but it's, it's excellent. And the stuff that they're going to be doing, all the clubs are basically content providers now. They're coming up with documentaries. They're coming up with series. And, I mean, it won't be long before every club, I'm sure, has a kind of Sunderland to a die, Wrexham, Class of 92 style oh, kind of behind-the-scenes thing. So, Oh, man, could I get a Seattle till I die? I mean, or a, a Sounders till I die? I mean, I just have to say, as a Newcastle supporter... That is the biggest Schadenfreude show that you've ever seen. If you're a Newcastle, like all Newcastle supporters watch that show, it's like, yes, they're gonna go down. In yeah, there are shambles. There are shambles. <laughs> this is awesome. Ah, uh, so we know this is already a long show. We were gonna do our MLS predictions on this episode as well. Have a look at where we thought everyone would finish in the West, where the Whitecaps might finish very quick look at the East and MLS Cup winners. But you know what? I think I'm going to save that for another episode. So I think we're going to bring two shows out this week and we'll bring that one out maybe Thursday night as well, just for your listening pleasure, a couple of days before the season gets underway. But there is one big thing that I still want to talk about that happened this past week. And it's one of my favourite times of the year. It's when all the new kits get revealed they were revealed last week. We're going to pick over the best and the worst of those after this. Hi, I'm Simon Betcher, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Mm -hmm. 
There's a little man in a little house with a little pet dog and a little pet mouse. I know where he lives and I visit him in a little hut. AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM And kicking off this part, it's the third and final song from our three of a kind this week Did you guess what the link was? Yes, of course, the link was Sid Barrett Since the song to kick off part two was by Sid Barrett And the song to kick off part three was a cover of a Sid Barrett song Kicking off this part, it's our Arts of the Month here at AFTN for the month of February from London, England, Television Personalities, a song from their 1981 debut album, and Don't the Kids Just Love It, also was their third single, and that was I Know Where Sid Barrett Lives. Now, folk have often said to me, and I w- I've been waiting for Steve to come on the show to talk about this, and I, he, I don't know when Steve's coming back on, so we'll talk about it now. But folk have said, oh, why do you always pick weird songs or artists that we've never heard of? Well, for one thing, I like them all and I think the music's good. But also it helps because we don't get episodes taken down from Spotify. Because I haven't told Zach mm. this either. We got 12 episodes taken down from Spotify a couple of weeks ago because of our musical choices in it. And apart from me playing Lil Yachty's Minnesota, which I will not be playing again to save episodes getting taken down, Every other song that was taken down was a selection of Steve's. Well, because they're po- like, why were they taking down? Because they're we were using them without. It, it was the just the record company, the label that they're on, seemed to not want their their stuff up there. So it's all songs they'd pick from like superhero movies and stuff. So oh. they were part of the twelve that mm. was taken down. There was a couple of Christmas ones that were taken down as well, like Mariah Carey and stuff that folk had picked as their favourite Christmas song. Right. So we'll have to watch for that going forward. So if you're on Spotify and you wonder where a particular episode's gone, that's why. They're up everywhere else. It's it's totally fine. I don't care. But yeah, it helps when you're playing bands that most folk haven't heard of or they're really small bands or bands that you're talking to like Weird and stuff and they're totally fine with us playing their stuff and our good friend Mr K as well. So with the new MLS season just days away, it's obviously a lot of news flying around. Other bit of news that came out this week from a Whitecaps point of view and a league point of view was it was New Jersey week, and I, I don't mean the place <laughs> in the, the US. New kit, new 
football shirt week. Obviously, the Whitecaps revealed their one. It's the new Bloodlines jersey, which it's just a shame that Steve's not on the show to chat about Bloodline and WWE and Roman Reigns <laughs> and the Usos and everything like that. We're going to talk about the jerseys to round off this, Whitecaps and other ones. What I would say is, the Whitecaps jersey and what's behind it to raise awareness of Canadian blood services, that's all fantastic. But when I'm judging the jerseys, I'm judging them from an aesthetic point of view and not the meaning behind the jersey. I don't care if the jersey is saving pygmy hippos in Papua New Guinea. It's how it looks to me. And it feels like just the days off, here's our new kit, that's that's long gone. So, we'll talk about the Whitecaps jersey, but before we get to that, let's talk about the new sponsor. Officially, tell us, we kind of brainstormed and came up with that a few weeks back on the show, Zach, but I, I think it's a, it's a good mix. It's a five-year deal. I think it's a good company to have on board. The name, I feel, looks a little weird on the jerseys, though. It's just a plain letter, and I thought they would have had the little squiggle or something as well. Yeah, I wonder how this works with the, you know the timeline because we know they have to get these things done like well in advance. It's not something that supposedly can be done really quickly, or maybe that's why it is so plain and simple because it had to get done really quickly. It would be mm. interesting to find the details behind that, Michael, if if you can at some point. But um, yeah, it it is kind of shocking or jarring just to see, you know, partly because it is a major competitor, Bell and. Whatever you think of Bell and what they've done as an organization or whatever, Michael's putting his thing sums down. Um, it, I, I feel like the Bell simplistic logo look made, made the Whitecaps jerseys look really clean. And um, like it was to me, it was again outside of who Bell who Bell are and what they've done and whatever. I thought it was a good fit. Um, it was a good, it was a, a really good jersey sponsor. For them, um, Telus, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't look quite right. The biggest thing for me, though, with this with this jersey launch, that just I don't, I don't. Maybe maybe you guys can push back on this or or, or help me uh, in in my maybe if I have a wrong perspective on this. I'm just shocked at how many people are like, how can there be how can there be red on a white caps kit when they've been doing these retro kits for a while now they had they're, red numbers red numbers yeah. all of them red stuff all over them they're like red is not a white caps color it can't be there it's like all these people don't know the history of the white caps who used to have a full red kit yeah the, the red part of it is like my yeah. it's like not a problem to me there's some other things i don't like on it we'll, we'll get yeah. will's take though i mean well bell ends tell us begins <laughs> Well, uh, tell us how much you suck is going to be the chant, I think, from oh. the opposing supporters. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I don't mind. Tell us as a, a sponsor, and I, I think they're, you know, a, a better reputation than Bell in some ways. If you're going to do, uh, well, I, I'm with Tell us, and they just but... cut ninety bucks off my bill when I complained in a very angry Scottish voice after getting pissed about with their customer service. So I'm, I'm all for them. <laughs> That, that's my tip. If you um, want to get money but, off your bill, just be really angry Scottish with them and you get money off. Were you angry, like, legitimately? I was legitimately angry because... Oh, like, did you have a reason to be legitimately angry? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. oh, <laughs> because I'd spoken to someone, I'd got a deal, it came through, it wasn't what he had said. He'd added something on that he hadn't mentioned. He indicated oh. it was free and it wasn't. And I was in a queue for over an hour to get back to speak to them and mm -hmm. was passed around various people. So by the time that yeah. I got through to somebody, I was raging. 
Yeah. Anyway, that aside. Well, can I get you to call my communications company? Yeah. For... Uh, could be a little side hopefully line. they're better as hopefully they're better as sponsors then. Um, but uh, no, I I think for me, obviously, the the red is a, a bit jarring to people. But I agree with you. If you know the DNA of the club, that's part of part of the identity. They released a kid a few years ago that was white and red. They released a hoodie mm-hmm. as part of that line. So, you know, that's in there. Uh, that's part of the DNA. Unfortunately, if you go way back there, they started off as a Sunderland summer team. So yeah, I tried to forget about back that. Back in 67 as, a, as, a, as the Royals. That wasn't the White Cats, so that was the Royals. Yeah, that was the Royals. I mean, 74, um, their if, first jersey was an all red jersey. That was, yes, was that yes. your buddy. Your buddy was there, Will, right? The coach? Buddy Ro- Bobby, Bobby, Robson. Bobby Robson. Bobby, yeah, Bobby. The good Bobby. Yeah, yeah. the good Bobby. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the Bobby. Um, but uh, he just Talking had his, uh, would have had his 90th birthday recently. Um, but, uh, but yeah. I, I should clarify I think that one, comment. Uh, Bobby yeah. is a slang for penis in, in Scotland. I'll just. Oh, okay. Yeah. I should well, clarify I that before, that. <laughs> before Nathan's on the phone going, did you just call? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh bobby um so um not bobby um (laughs) bobby baba or whatever um Um, hey my name is willie i can say whatever i want i think we've lost zach now Uh, it's one of those things but, that came out of uh, my mouth and I thought I should clarify that. <laughs> that that's like almost everything you say. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, He's but, not coming you know, on the, the show. It's fine. About, the other thing about uh, the the talus, I think the way it's on the jersey is that it's all caps. Bell was not. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, the all caps, I think, makes it look a bit weird. It looks a bit yelly. Right? It looks and a bit childlike, a... like someone's just stenciled on TELUS. Yes. And that's Which, to where be fair, you they probably people have. saying this looks like anyone can do, because yeah. it just sort of fills up, and it doesn't look like a logo as a result. And mm-hmm. I think the T would have helped making yeah. it, uh, the yeah. as you said, the curly Q T and making it a little smaller, because otherwise it just sort of looks like TELUS, you know, and it doesn't look like a logo. It looks like you're trying to communicate. So tell us what, what are you trying <laughs> to tell us? That's true, so, actually. Um, I mean, like, so here's the official blurb. The, the jersey mm-hmm. features a touch of red that symbolizes both the club's Canadian pride and origins with the original 1974 red logo featured as a jock tag. Bloodlines are the thread that connect generations of Whitecaps fans under a common banner of the beautiful game, supporting Canada's most history-laden club. The five stripes on the front of the jersey represent five decades of history as the club enters its 50th anniversary in 2024, which obviously will be all over on AFTN because I love the history side of things. Now, I've got to say, I'm not a huge fan of the jersey. I think there's a bit Mm. too much going on. And like the red Mm. doesn't bother me at all. I don't like, as we've mm. just talked about, how the word TELUS looks. I, th- I, yeah. I couldn't click why, but you mentioned the all caps. That's it. That's exactly why. And I hadn't in my head formulated why I hated that so much, but that is why. I don't like the thin five stripes. That's just me. I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of that on kits in general. But what I really don't like are the seams down the side. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. look horrible. It's just like... 
They've been sewn together in a little sweatshop by somebody and they ran out of the material and they had to put that binding down the side. Yeah, that is a good point. That is uh, odd. It's a bit like a sore thumb. I think the TELUS logo was the biggest problem for me and hopefully they fix that in future seasons. I think we're stuck with it like it is now for this season. Yeah. Um, As Zach said, it takes time to produce these things. Um, the other thing that I'll say is I know you said not to mention it, but the marketing was pretty bad, the bloodline stuff. And I know that's for me, the most jarring thing about all of it is I actually don't mind the Jersey that much, but it's just the marketing is so bad. And I want to say, as you said, excellent social cause. I have a family member who recently was ill and had multiple transfusions it helped save their life. Absolutely good cause. But two plus two equals four, not 22. You can't go from this is a jersey with red in it to give to the blood services. I just kind of feel like that's too much of a leap. You're trying to wrap too much stuff into it. And please support your local blood bank, support the Canadian blood services. But that has nothing to do with the white caps. Okay, it just doesn't. Well, let's so, just wait until some of our central defenders crack their head open and they're all bandaged up with the blood coming off it. That will be the iconic image that we can have on the Bloodline shirt. We and haven't. Look, I love the I love the white caps, but stop it, please stop it. The unity kit with with the iron workers again. Iron workers absolutely have done a great job. That was a horrible tragedy that happened. Please don't bring that into soccer. Yeah. You know, like rain raindrops. Leave the raindrops alone. They're not raindrops, they're triangles. Like stop trying to make well this bigger than it is. So it does trigger me because I feel like why are we always trying to put all the marketing, all the campaign, all the media into a jersey and try to tell a story that's going to connect everything and get bums and seats. It just feels like too much. You know, I like the stuff about the generations. I like the stuff about how you have the light blue lines from the 2011 jersey. You have the red Canada, the original jersey. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have the the hoop or the bar, as Zach would say. Um, you have all of that, all of the DNA put together why bring in the Canadian blood service? It just seems like you're you're stretching it too thin. So sorry, I'll get off my soapbox, but that's that's no. my thing about the marketing. It drives me crazy. I, I I agree. It feels it does similar to the iron workers. It just feels like they feel like they have to have some kind of social cause um, to make themselves look good, and it, they don't feel super connected to who the club is. And there just seems like it's, again, it's a good cause. It's a great cause, as Will said, and I, I agree. And I've had you know people who have had to you know deal with uh, you know have these you know things in their lives, and they're grateful for them, whatever you know transfusions and stuff. But um, it just it it doesn't feel genuine. Oh, but they're, but but they're not alone. I mean, if you look around the league, which we're all in a sec, like uh, FC Dallas have little flames all over there, New Jersey, for, for burn victims or victims of Darren Maddox cooking. Wait, a club that used to be called the Dallas Burn is connecting with burn victims now? No, that, that was my oh. joke. It is oh, for okay. Dallas Burn. They haven't put on any images of the awake, the, the blue kit with the, with the TELUS yet, right? Oh, no, I haven't seen that, no. No, okay. 
I just I assume that they're I, keeping the other kit at the blue. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And and to be fair, again, I I I understand what the Whitecaps are doing, and and they're my childhood club, and I I love them. Um, but I think what drives me a little bit crazy about the MLS in general, and maybe this is a bit of an edict from the league or from Adidas. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe Michael, you have more insight on this. But in in Europe, in the UK, and in in Newcastle, it's this is the jersey. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to have stripes on it. The stripes are a bit wonky this year, or they're yeah. a bit thicker than they were the there, year there's before. There's no stories behind it. Buy it. I, I love There's the t- no stories. TSS's <laughs> kit reveal in 2017 or 18 was my favorite because it was just like they did a spoof thing and it's like the shirt is red because that's the color we play in. It's just, <laughs> you just need stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's just, I don't need a story, you know? It isn't just the Whitecaps, though, that's released kits this year. So I I don't know, Zach, if you had a chance to to look through them all. I've seen some of them. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about some of our favourites and least favourites from around the league. Before we get into that, though, before the show, uh, I got Caitlin to sit down and look through the <laughs> 28 or 29 strips. did this last year as well for her to, to pick the ones that she liked. We have very different opinions as to what is a nice football shirt and what isn't. But I really wish I had recorded it because I, I wrote down some of her comments. That's horrible. Oh, what is that? That's just orange. That's just yellow. And my particular favourite, what the hell's that, St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St. Louis. <laughs> um, So I, I've got to say... I, I think it's, on the whole, a pretty good range of kits that's come out this year, maybe better than some others. I, I narrowed down my top five, and I'm going to be curious to see what, what you guys thought as your top ones. Like, you don't have to do a top five, you can just give some of your favourites. I'm going to give my top five. Okay, I'm going to give mine to start with, my, my five to one. And I'll say now, the Whitecaps did not make my top five. Mm-hmm. They didn't make my bottom five, but they were a lot closer to making the bottom five than they were to making the top five. And Zach probably also will not like the fact that I have two shirts in this top five. And the number five shirt, who doesn't like a bit of plaid, especially if you're Scottish? A kind of tartan design, the Portland no. Timbers. That's a good one. I, I like it, and I think it really plays into their, their supporters' base because there's always been a lot of kind of plaid, lumberjacks, tartan thing. I just think it's a beautiful kit. My fourth favourite is, and this one I had higher initially, and then I was thinking about it and I put it down. I like Charlotte's 2023 Crown Jewel kit. Mm. Um, I mean, you've got to protect your Crown Jewels at all costs. That's why they cover them when they're taking free kicks in the wall. But I, I love the colour. I think the, the, I'm going to call it purple and uh, aquamarine. I don't know what they've called it themselves. But, I mean, the click kit is really nice. I think it pops. I think it's a really nice colour scheme. For me, number three was FC Cincinnati. And I went back Mm. and forth as to whether I preferred Charlotte's or Cincinnati. I just, I like that design that is over it. The Cincinnati one, it's called the River Kit. And again, I'm not going into all the reasons for it. It's got a nice picture of a bridge on it. 
it's a nice kind of color scheme the 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 orange and the blue for me I, I just think really pop uh i just i think that's a very a very nice kit as well my second favorite kit dc united's cherry blossom kit and i think it's because i i really like cherry blossoms but i think this is a very unusual kit you don't see a lot of stuff like this it's not really a design i've seen a lot of before i think it works really well and my number one kit the bruce lee dragon kit of seattle sounders is that seattle's new uh, rsl kit yes i i just think i like dragon kits when jj had tweeted the the leak of it before i tweeted out a kit that i've got for newport corinthians who play in the gwent premier league uh, and they've got a red dragon kit as well, which is nicer than the Seattle kit. It's also sponsored by Goldie Luke and Chain. So, friends oh. of the show. Right. Anyway, that's that's my top five. Let, let's go to Will next. Wait, can I just give you one? Okay. I, I've just looked, uh, am I wrong? Like, it is, is it, it's hard to, I mean, I like their logo. I think they've done a lot of things good. They've even dismissed some people or disassociated themselves with some people who are, you know, probably the good that they did, but what is that Austin kit? That is my yeah. uh, that is in my worst yeah. kit selection. It's like in I my top I, five. I can't even look at it. It's so like yeah, dry. it gives you a headache. Yeah, it's, it's so horrible. Okay, well you can go ahead. Sorry, just that that one just stands out as being so bad. Yeah, I think I have that as my yeah. I've got that as my third worst. But yeah, um, well, let me just say. Uh, the Austin kit was very close to me on the worst list, but I think there's an overwhelmingly number of bad kits this year. More bad than good. Yeah, see, that's, that's interesting because Caitlin agrees with you. She did yeah. not yeah. like these kits at all, whereas I was like, oh, I think I like more than I don't like. Yeah, there's just so many bad ones, but I will talk about uh, the ones that I like. And Ed, you actually mentioned a bunch of them, but there are a few that I have that you didn't, Michael. So number five with a bullet is the Crown Charlotte kit. I actually yeah. like the color combination. And I think, you know, I'm not normally big for busyness, but the the crowns are actually quite subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't jump out like, say, the Dallas Burn kit. Hint, hint, that might appear on one of my other lists. Yeah. Um, uh, the Real Salt Lake kit, I know it's one of the simple kits, but I actually kind of like simplicity so yeah i didn't mind that one either I, I it wasn't really troubling my top five but that was the one that caitlin looked at and went it's just yellow yeah it's just yellow uh it's a lot of yellow um i i saw a list where this was actually down at the bottom but i like the new england kit um mm. it's kind of a play on the on the on the slash or sash that and was I one kind of caitlin's like favorites as well i oh, think well, you and Kate... her are certainly more aligned than me and her Caitlin has good taste. Um, uh, Oh, she married me, so I mean, that's questionable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I kind of like Inter-Miami's kit. That's my number two kit. That's a good Um, one. Yeah. uh, I I had that on my list originally, and I ended up putting it sixth. And number one, nobody's mentioned it. I like the Columbus kit. Yeah, Uh, that's a good one. That's all mine. Yeah, so it it definitely jumps out as me. Of for me, it's one of those ones that 
is a bit of the pattern, but a bit wonky, as I mm. say about the Newcastle stripes. You know, it's like, how can you do a bit of a spin on a tradition? And I kind of like what they did there. And I think, you know, it's a little bit less the taxi cab and a little bit more, got more movement. And and again, the, the yellow pops on the black. Um, so I, yeah, I, I like a black kit. kit. I, I had that as, that was seventh on my list. And then I had Nashville as eighth. I, I like the black Nashville kit as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, black and yellow, black and gold. That's these five colors. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I quite like that. But I do like a black kit, and I like the design of that Columbus kit as well. Mm-hmm. Any particular favorites for you? Uh, I, I agree with you guys on a, f- a few here. Let me just run run down these real quick. Uh, you know, okay. Can I give you one that you guys didn't mention? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys can disagree with me. Um, and, uh, and I haven't seen all the pictures of it, but I don't mind the impact. I haven't seen that one. That wasn't on my MLS list. Yeah. It's, uh, if what I'm looking at is the right image, and the, um, this might be a leaked one, so it might not be the official. So, so you know the thing about the impact? They didn't release a kit. Yeah. No, okay, there's a leaked image of one that I'm seeing online. No, they had, they had a, they had a problem. And they're not releasing a kit. They're only doing their their uh, their away kit, and they're changing the logo. Oh, the crest. But well, the, they the away oh, kit. I'm seeing the leaked one that you're looking at now. Okay, yeah, I'm looking on on the the footy, footy headlines. The footy headlines, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's not a real kit. Okay, the their away one from last year that's got all the like I don't know marble or veins or yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't yeah, enjoy I like that. that. I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy that. So they're releasing. I, that I didn't with mind that. I mean, you sh- if if you've got the bell enders and you shouldn't have a vein yeah. kit, that's all I'll Okay, so if Montreal's, <laughs> I, I, I I totally agree with you guys on the uh, the new Charlotte kit. I think that's really really nice. Um, I I uh, what's next? I agree with you on Columbus as well. I think that one's really good. Um. Okay, I'll tell that on my bad list. Uh, <laughs> no, no, nice. Okay, I, this. Okay, you talked about this one. I don't. I don't know that. I think it's horrible. Uh, I the, the the Dallas one that you're burning, you're burning all. I, I don't. It's because of the history of their club. I think people are gonna like it there. So I I don't like love it, but I don't think it's horrible. Hmm. I agree with you guys about uh, DC United. I think that's quality. Um, where else? So in Miami, yeah, Inter Miami is good. There's a horrible one. That's a horrible one. That's a horrible. <laughs> one. Oh, someone said Nashville. I also like. Yeah, Nashville's Na- clean and. What sharp I like about great. the Nashville one, and I might have to buy this because I've spoken before that a genre, if you want to call it a genre, of shirts that I collect are ones tied in music, and this mm. is their Johnny Cash Man in yeah. Black yes. shirt. Yes. So I, th- I think I am probably going to pick that up i'll probably wait till two years till it's cheaping out of stock yeah. or yeah. something but i i like it because it's a very it, it it is just black and like the the crest is black and everything about it it just i i just love that the the new england revolution baseball team um the one the one that you guys mentioned mm. i think if if i hung out in the fort i think i would like that as a new design but i, I otherwise i don't think it's good caitlin liked that uh, it was a kind of swirly thing the red was swirly. That's what she did. You say a, a kind of swirly thing? Yeah. Um, the uh, Philadelphia is Twist. either is either great or horrible. I can't decide which. I totally agree with you guys on Portland. I think Portland is quality. 
Um, my one question, and yeah, okay, no, I, Alaska, yeah, uh, Portland one I, I think is is really is really well done. Uh, Salt Lake I think is if you're from Salt Lake you're probably gonna like it because it's a little bit different and it's simple but clean. Um, I didn't I didn't hate San Jose either. Like I uh, no, it's it's I think again if you're a San Jose fan I think it's something nice a little bit different from what they've had before and um, also like less jarring than the 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 um. The, the lines on their logo are, you know, um, so a little bit nicer in that sense. Seattle does make some nice kits from time to time. And I don't like this one, but I can see why people will love it. Um, I think that maybe one of the best makers of kits in the entire history of their time in MLS has to be sporting Kansas city. I think that this is another, uh, quality, uh, quality one from them. Um, and then I think we're just got horrible ones left. Oh yeah. That's horrible. And then, yeah, Vancouver for me would not be in the, in the top. This time, yeah. and they would not be on the top this time. They have been have made some of the best jerseys in, in, oh, in MLS in their time. For yeah, sure. yeah. But I mean, talking of, of clubs that's like that, Kansas City's one this year. I just do not like, and I have given them so much credit no. over the years for having what? some of the best ever MLS kits. Is it, is it too simple for yeah. you? Or I, I don't like. I don't like horizontal stripes. Well, actually, I don't like vertical stripes either, which is unfortunate because that's East traditional strip. But <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, there's something about it. I just don't like this. I've got it in my top five worst. Um, oh. I, I've I've I, got... I, I like that it has a collar, a different kind of collar with a button. And yeah, I don't know. I don't like either of St. Louis's kits. Well, okay, I have, wait, wait, oh, really? I don't think I've seen, yeah. think I've seen St. Louis's for some reason. Oh, wait. No, yeah, I they're just, horrible. They're I just horrible. think oh. per, Purina just seems like a weird sponsor. That's a weird reason to hate is that a, not a jersey. Cat food? But... Is that not the cat food? Well, I think dog food, but there. It's it's yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. Pet food, yeah. Pet food. So the, the, the red Let's one see is, if they're going to be a dog's dinner. This The, the red mm-hmm. one is uh, is pretty awful, and the white one is not good either. Oh, see, I, of the two, I think the white one's worse. That, that's fair. That was the one that oh, Caitlin really? looked at, and then, what the hell is that, St. Louis? I mean, to be fair, the logo is pretty awful, too, so. Yeah. Yes. You say logo, I say crest, but there we go. Sorry, yeah. The badge, mate. You've been, badge. You've been here too long. You've been here too long, but you were born here. You've been here too long, Zach. <laughs> I've been with you. I've been on this podcast. Like on the planet or in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so I had fifth St. Louis away as worst. Fourth, Kansas City. Third, Austin. Because oh, I do man. believe there's two worse than Austin's. I know one of them. I know one of them you're going to say for sure. As, as Zach would call them, Deadpool. Yeah, that's good. Caitlin looked at that and was like, what on earth is that? And I was like, I don't know. It's like they're trying to make a tablecloth out of there. Well, apparently it's down with the streetwear. So maybe I'm just too old. I'm not down with the kids. Yeah, it's awful. My least favorite, though, and I think the worst the of the I'm, bunch. Who's the one I'm thinking you're going to say? Chicago. Oh, no. That is a horrible. That is horrible kit. That is a horrible, horrible kit. And it's made even worse. That one's like one of the ones where it's made even worse because there's no sponsor. Whereas a Colorado, okay, they don't have a sponsor, but it doesn't always look horrible. Yeah, Caitlin liked the Colorado one. I didn't like it. I had them down near the worst mm. ones as well. I didn't mind them. I, I, you didn't say the one that I thought was the worst. But okay, we'll do yours and I'll run down the okay. ones I think are bad. Sure. So, number five is Dallas. It, it, it looks like a window screensaver from 95 or something <laughs> with, the, with the flames. Oh, I totally around. get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not like it at all. Um, that, that's, I, it's I like they've just the gone connection. to a site that does like graphics and oh, let's pick that for a flame. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a little bit too much. I, I didn't like Cincinnati. Um, oh. uh, I just, 
yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. Um, but I think really I I dislike I I don't know what Zach thinks about this, but the smoky marbly things I don't like them. Yeah. So LAFC and FC, Red Bull yeah. are three and 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 two. Um, at LAFC and then number one with a bullet is Seattle. I just don't yeah. like it. Oh, I don't like the dragon. Your least favorite. I really don't. I really don't like it. Right. It. And I didn't like when Inter did it. What was it like 2010 or something? Inter Inter Milan, um, not our MLS Inter, um, <laughs> but Inter Milan. I didn't like that kit. I don't like this one. I, I just think it's a little bit too busy. It's a, a little bit. I, I just don't. It, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Again, Michael, thanks. Thanks for having Will on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, <laughs> Okay, so you just uh, like it because he's disagreeing with all my thoughts. <laughs> um, I, I think Austin is is near the worst. I just want to go back to what I said about Colorado. Last year's Colorado that didn't have a sponsor looked good. Sorry, this year's Colorado, the new one, does not look good, and the UC Health sponsor looks awful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping down, uh, I agree with you on Chicago, and again, no sponsor is just like you look. You look like you're looking at an incomplete kit, and it is awful, Michael. I agree with you on that. Again, Dallas, I don't think is is horrendous. I, I can see what I can see that selling well for them. Neither of you said this one. It has some of their, I think, traditional colors or something. Uh, I, I read about this or whatever, but it is ugly in my opinion. And the color and the the trim on the sleeves make it even worse. Uh, is the the new LA Galaxy kit? Is, yeah, is no, I was going to talk about yeah. that because when yeah. we were going through it, I, I like the color of it first of all. Boo! But before, it's their traditional color, but boo. Yeah, when. When yeah. I was going through, I was like, "Oh, they're paying tribute." I was like, "Oh, what's that? What African country has that flag again?" <laughs> and then it yeah. turns out it's the LA city flag. But uh, Caitlin as well, she said, "Oh, is that an African tribal jersey?" And I was like, "Apparently not. No. no, but it does look like it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. it but yeah. yeah, when they rebranded, I guess it's- I, I- when they rebranded as an organization, I think they took a step in the right direction. And their other kit is uh, with the stars on it is more, I think, who they are and who they should be. And this is mm. a taste of the past when they used to have an ugly logo, although they kept the new logo. And the color is just not. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like. And I. And then I, I agree. LA has a derby this year of who has the uh, the worst kit because <laughs> the sm- I think the smoke kit is not as worse. But it's not. It's not great. But I think it actually might sell well for them. So um, the league might be yeah. happy with that. Um, I, I think. Also, go ahead. I, I was just going to say when, when it comes to the uh, LA Galaxy kit, it's it's a little bit sort of like also the Atlanta United kit for me. I really like the Atlanta United kit, but I've basically seen it over and over again, so yeah. uh, I can't really give it a vote. And it's, it's sort of a bit with LA. It's like I understand that's their traditional kit, and it's not for me, but I just let it go, uh, like Elsa. Um, so it's it's it, it's I, I agree with you it's ugly but uh they did it knowing it was ugly so um it's sort of like that's just their traditional thing and and in some ways i i can accept that in some weird way but it would be on my list of ugly kits uh, the next one for me is minnesota i don't know what the, like they usually have beautiful kits the, the black one is great this one this is horrendous to me. Do you, it's, it's do you know the one that nobody's mentioned that I, I think I'm, is secretly I'm, ugly? I'm not done going through. Let me go real quick before uh, I might hit your other ones. Does anyone know what's up with that Minnesota kit? Well, it's apparently the Northern Lights 
But oh, okay. to me, that's no. not what the Northern yeah. Lights look like. No. They're green. Yeah. Uh, so Dead... I'm very confused. Totally. Deadpool is uh, awful as well. Um, the mock-up of Orlando, whatever. I don't, just don't like Orlando. Again, uh, Philadelphia is either great or horrendous. I can't tell which. Um, where are we here? Uh, Caitlin did like them in a okay. strip because she liked the colors. And she said, I like the little bird on it. Okay, I got one more. Obviously, St. Louis both suck. I got one yeah. more that no one has said. And I read about this. And I can't... I, you can't believe is this really true? Okay, you guys can tell me if you know about this. The other one that is really bad to me is Toronto FC. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the, the one, one I was going to mention. Yeah, um, that's the one I was going to say. I can't, I can't decide what I think of it. I like, I don't love it. It's nowhere near the top for me. But I can't decide if it's just a middle of the road one or if I just don't like it. I thought I read somewhere that like um, people from like I don't know, vocal minority or some other. Um, significant voice within their community had a role in designing it or something well i know there's folk in the vocal minority podcast that do a a kit nerd podcast as well okay because this it's really ugly and and this is a time too where some of the feedback i've seen on social media for it was like hey we're the reds this kit's not red enough for me and and i think that's a a valid frustration Uh, well the other thing is secondary or or tertiary kit Mm. I know uh, I, I'm related to a TFC uh, supporter, uh, oh, season ticket have, holder since the beginning. Sympathy. I know, I know. Um, they hate it. So, yeah. it, and they said that most of the people they know hate it. So, uh, it does seem to be unpopular in the community. Um, so I, 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 sort I, of I, I think it's Caps kind of busy. Stitching, and I don't like this bizarre CN Tower thing that they've got going down the side of it either, but... Mm-hmm. Interesting variety of opinions there. Let us know your thoughts on both the White Caps kit and the kits around the league. Love to know what your favourites are as well. AFT in Canada on Twitter, AFT in Canada at hotmail.com. That is pretty much it for this show. It's another bumper show. We've still got time for this week's wavelength. We've been talking about the beautiful game. I thought I'd bring a song called The Beautiful Game to Wavelength by a band stroke artist called Jackdaw4. He's also known as Willie Dowling. He's from London in England. And this is the theme song to a 2008 six-part mockumentary from the the BBC called The Cup. And it's based around an under-11 football team and the parents and going to tournaments and championships and the stuff that happens with soccer parents. And it's a fun show. I watched it when it was out in 2008, haven't watched it since, really should dig it out. It's actually based on the Canadian show The Tournament, about ice hockey, minor hockey. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show from the early 2000s. But it's a great song, it's a great show. Here is Jack Daw 4, The Beautiful Game. Let's talk more noise indiscriminate Stop those boots and roar Like an army on the realm Far away from home This is exactly what we come for Wild great push through It's a pleasure when the cameras seal the deal Make a short term fix With an age old enemy In the corner of a firing field Let's make the next and black tire there Awards and speeches taking us there Shame, it's 
great escape, but it always seems to end too soon. Make no mistake, we're here for the fame, dishonorable, but what's in a name? These flags of fortune are Jacked Off 4, the beautiful game. It's what we love. It's what this show's all about. Thank you for being with us for this bumper show. Thank you to Will and Zach for staying. We're wrapping this up. It's fast approaching 1am at the time of recording this. Will, any final thoughts from you? Where can folk find you online? Anything that's caught your eye this week? Well, uh, actually happy that we're starting to see some stuff trickle out about the Whitecaps. I know people were waiting for the sponsor in the kit for a long time uh pleasantly surprised by the what is reported with the season ticket package so we just have to wait for them to get from a to s um and i'll report back on that more later um yeah it, you can reach me online uh, i'm actually also part of uh, uh a live stream weekly on technology um uh called momentous.tv so www dot momentous.tv and uh yeah check in on tuesday nights and we have a live stream is that where you do like djing stuff too no well i talk about some dj stuff there i i oh. but we often talk about technology and entertainment and uh, i often try to drag in music gear and that kind of stuff nice. but we if you want to hear about the exciting world of nfts and <laughs> ai technology uh those are often a couple of our uh, big topics is, is this with Tristan this is with my friend and best man at my wedding Tristan Jutra yeah. and uh, our friend Tasia Custody and Gray Williams yeah Tristan's a quality quality fellow don't know if you listened to the show last week well with all my AI poetry it's a wonderful thing <laughs> oh, yeah. who doesn't love AI <laughs> yes <laughs> okay uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter occasionally uh, tweeting at Zachary AM, uh, part of supporters for the new Canadian Premier League side, Vancouver FC, out in Langley. Uh, if you want to be involved with that, fvfanatics uh, at gmail.com. Uh, they they got to... a win this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Even with even with a dodgy lino. 
Oh, who was on the line? Do you know who's on the line? Will, no. do you see? Really? Was it Chris? Was it Chris? Yeah, it was Chris Harrop. <laughs> I had lunch with his father last week. No oh, one nice. of the 1-2 now. He, no, he, he he called their third goal offside. And oh, really? The bench and the players were not happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, But no, yeah, if you want to be involved with that, uh, it's been great to meet a bunch of new people and hang out with people I've known for years from the, the local supporter community. And uh, things continue to, to roll with that. People have been... Uh, first batch of people been getting their season tickets, which which was good. Uh, and uh, I think if you haven't got one, uh, I think there's going to be a new uh, kind of window opening up for for people who want to get involved in that way, starting I think this week or, or very very soon. Yeah, and again, Michael, thanks for having Will on the show. Miss Steve, Miss Tahar, but it's great to have uh, Will's voice with us. So you can find our stuff online, AFTN.ca. Follow us on Twitter, AFTN Canada, and check out our videos on YouTube. But we will be back soon with more fun and games. Thank you for staying with us for this eight-hour show. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Get that season off to a winning start. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon... Frackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm? Yeah, but-